This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. He is a District 21 Republican in the great state of Texas. I voted for him last week. He's my representative. It's Chip Roy. Chip, how are you? Good to see you. Doing great, Joe. I'm up here in D.C. Uh, doing my job. I'm looking forward to get back to Texas for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, and we're looking forward to having you back here. I think we're actually going to stay in Texas for Thanksgiving this year as well, and that'll be great. Uh, Texas gets it done right. I want to talk to you about maybe the move to, to uh, use the Constitution of the U.S., to call it an invasion in Texas. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Florida got it done right. I think Ohio did a very good job in the midterm elections. But things weren't as as red. Certainly wasn't a wave. It might have been a trickle, as we thought it might be. Thank God you guys get the House back, but not by 30 or 40 seats. It's just going to be by a handful of seats. How are you feeling today after the midterm? Well, look, the, the, you just hit it, right? There was a lot of high points outside of D.C., outside of the swamp, right? We saw Ron DeSantis just crush it, right? We saw... You know, Lee in Tennessee, Abbott in Texas. We saw even Lee Zeldin make a strong run in New York, yeah. which was all uphill climb, but he flipped four seats because he ran on crime. Look, I think the key distinction is you have to run on a broad, bold agenda. You and I talked on your show about my belief, and I was careful not to hit it too hard, but my belief that the commitment wasn't that strong, it wasn't that specific. Uh, I think you have to have a bold agenda in order to win. Now, look, I kind of bought into the hype the last couple of weeks. I thought it was going to be a 230-plus, 235-plus uh, result. Uh, it was always an uphill climb to be able to get a huge number of seats because, it, you know, once you have redistricting, we already had a certain number. We were starting at 212. It wasn't like 2010 when we were starting at 180-something. Um, and so, you know, you had to go work it hard. But it's not enough for Republicans to just say, oh, well, it was redistricting, and, you know, you just have to accept that. No. We have to go inspire, win minds and hearts. Ron DeSantis won 60-40 in Florida because he fought wokeism, he took on Disney, he stood against COVID tyranny, he had a bold agenda, he sent immigrants, illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, uh, Governor Abbott uh, got, I think, some wind in his sails for leading, yeah. uh, the Republican conference didn't do that, and thus in the Senate didn't do it either. In fact, last point, Mitch McConnell fought any effort to put an agenda out. He said, let's just run against Biden. And Kevin McCarthy put together a, a commitment, which I applaud him for, but it, I don't think it was that strong. I think you have to paint with bold colors, yeah. and uh, and that's what I think the difference is. Well, I read that commitment when it came out, and I thought it was generic and, and weak. Uh, I'll yeah. say it, um, and and that bothers me. But let me ask you specifically. I'm from Long Island, New York, originally, and four seats in New York go red, which historically would never, ever, ever, never go red, Chip. Yet, Mata Flores and Cassie Garcia didn't win here. What did they do right, and what did we miss here? Well, one, I'll go back to what I said. Lee Zeldin ran a great campaign yeah. focused on crime in New York, uh, number one. Number two, I think some of our uh, states where liberals have been dominating, where life is really miserable, uh, more people are, are kind of responding to that. Some people are still a little fat and happy in states like Texas and some other places uh, where they kind of take for granted the freedoms that we have and you got to get out and go win the election. But on Myra and Cassie, look, they ran good races. 
Uh, Myron's still a congresswoman, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we had votes over 40%. Per- uh, you know, look, Beto underperformed in the in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley compared to 2018 when he ran against Ted. We won a state board of education seat. We won a state rep seat. We won Monica De La Cruz. There were a lot of upsides. Look, yeah. I'm not an apologist. We needed to do better. But it was always an uphill climb for Cassie. Myra, we thought we were going to do a little better. I think some of the polling was a little off. But in the move of trajectory, winning South Texas and Hispanic votes, we made a lot of progress. But I'm going to tell you, we got a lot more work to do to go win minds and hearts, and you got to have a bold agenda to do it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you're right about uh, Myra actually cut the Democrat um, plus in half. It was plus yep. 16, I think. She got it down to eight, something like that. And, and Cassie, I thought we'd do much better. I, I think it's it, it is it is horrible to have a guy who's been in there for since 1987 who hasn't gotten the job done continue in that seat. That doesn't make sense. Maybe in two years we can make sense of it. It's U.S. Representative Chip Roy. Um, leadership on the left fights. They roll up their sleeves and they do what Chip Roy does. There aren't enough Chip Roy's in the U.S. House of Representatives. You've got Gates, you've got Jordan, you've got MTG, people that we've already mentioned, who I think, Kat Kamek is amazing. I think that there are people who are fighting really, really hard. And then you've got people who just want to get along, which doesn't make sense to me. Chip, at what point will will your co-members of the U.S. House of Representatives realize on the right that they've got to roll their sleeves up and play the game as hard as the left does? Will they do that? We'll see. And that's one of the things I'm advocating for. As you know, I nominated my friend Andy Biggs for speaker, not because it was a shot at my friend Kevin. It's that I think we need change. I think we need to change the way we do things. Uh, And unfortunately, right now, too many of my colleagues think that the status quo of the way we do things is acceptable. It is not. There is a reason we're $32 trillion in debt. There's a reason our borders are wide open. There's a reason that we're engaged in endless conflicts abroad. There's a reason that the, that the defense industrial complex has us jammed through National Defense Authorization Acts, even though they have draft our daughters, even though they've got provisions in there that are woke, even though they have things like, uh, you know, last year, gun flag laws, um, yes. red flag laws. You know, look, we need to stop doing things the way we've always done them. We need to stop having a small group of power brokers make all the decisions. And I'm telling you right now, there is a block of us here that are not going to just go along with the coronation. We got a lot of work to do between now and January 3rd to get united. But just saying you're not you're united is not enough. I do not want to wake up and have a bunch of cardinals jamming through crappy bills like we did in 2018 under Paul Ryan. Yeah. And I need to see evidence that we're going to change things for me to get on board with the current leadership structure. And they're a long ways away, let me tell you, Joe. U.S. Representative Chip Roy, District 21, Republican, great state of Texas. Nancy Pelosi, in, in my opinion, is not a very good Catholic. She keeps saying how Catholic she is. She wants to kill all the unborn babies she can. She has spent money like a drunken sailor. She's somebody who I, appears to me wants to live like she's a monarch and has for the past 20, 30 years. Having said all of that, she was very effective as the House Speaker. Extremely. Whatever she wanted to get done, she got done. Does Kevin McCarthy have that in him? First of all, is it a foregone conclusion he's going to be the speaker? And and if so, does he have that in him? I know the Freedom Caucus is going to push him. You're going to push him. Others will push him. Will he get it done? Because the vast majority of us believe he might be Paul Ryan again, 2.0. Well, let's first start with the vote that we had on Tuesday. I said I got up and nominated my friend Andy Biggs. Yeah. Uh, we, we knew that Kevin would get a majority of the vote. Now, that's all it takes to get... Uh, the nomination of your party uh, to be the speaker. But here's the thing. There's a vote on the floor on January 3rd, and someone has to earn the votes necessary, which is usually around 218. It depends on how many people are present. Right. 
And, and so someone's got to go earn that. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, no one has 218. And I will tell you that on the vote on Tuesday, there were 188 for Kevin. There were 31 for Andy. And there were five others. Nice. So we're, we're continuing to have a conversation about where we need to go. I believe we need to see very specific change about how the rules committee works, about how bills get to the floor, about what we're going to put up, about whether we're going to use the power of the purse to demand that we secure the border and vaccine mandates and to ensure that we're going to do the things the American people want us to do. Until we see something like that, I can promise you there's a block of us who are not going to just give our vote away at the point when we need to demand change. It is uh, Chip Roy. Good. I'm glad to hear that it's not a foregone conclusion. I'm glad to hear if Kevin McCarthy should be the guy, and I've interviewed him, he's a very nice guy, but if he should be the guy, he's got to say to your face, I will do this. Because Nancy Pelosi said that and then she did it. And again, I didn't like what she did, but she said she would do it and she followed through. She was very effective, even though you and I disagree with what she did. It's uh, Chip Roy. Chip, right before we started, I saw uh, a back and forth between Marjorie Taylor Greene and, uh, and some reporter who said that according to sources... The vast majority of the fentanyl that's killing 100,000 Americans a year that comes across the border is being brought across the border by U.S. citizens. Now, MTG hit back and said, what's your source? He said, the Cato Institute. She said, when you have the Border Patrol tell us those numbers are true, then I'll listen to you. We don't listen to the Cato Institute. What do you know about that? Is that going to be the push by the left now that it's not illegal aliens that are bringing it, it's American citizens somehow bringing in the fentanyl? Well, of course, because they have no leg to stand on <clears throat> about what's actually happening at the border. Uh, Marjorie was right to ask that question. What I would tell you is the answer is pretty simple. Border Patrol is telling us the truth. Uh, but I can tell you what's happening. Uh, the, the fentanyl is coming in in all manners of ways. It's coming in uh, between the ports of entry uh, when we don't actually intercept it. And it's coming through illegally. Uh, it's sure it's probably coming in from a number of people who are coming in through our ports of entry, whether they're American citizens or whether they're folks who are here illegally. The fundamental problem is this. Border Patrol has been turned into, by this administration, a processing organization that processes thousands of people a day. We do not have Border Patrol agents patrolling the border. So you don't have Border Patrol agents able to do their job to intercept uh, the narcotics coming in. So it's coming in because we have a broken border that the Democrats are allowing to be flooded by people who don't have a, a, a legal right to be here. So that's why fentanyl is coming in. Right. So the Cato Institute can blather all day long that it's coming in at ports of entry by American citizens. I don't believe that because Border Patrol agents are saying otherwise. But even if it's true, I mean, it's partly true, but even if it's fully true, fine. The reason that we can't patrol the border and stop the flow is because they're over in a tent processing about twelve to 1,500 people in a tent in Eagle Pass, 7,000 a day. It's total garbage, and they're full of it when they're trying to blame it on, oh, it's just American citizens rolling it across the border. It's because our borders are wide open. Yeah. And, and well, Mayorkas said it's secure. He just said that two days ago. The, the border's not secure, Chip, really? Yeah, and that SOB said that to me and lied to me under oath in the House Judiciary Committee. My friend Dan Bishop from North Carolina asked him the same question in Homeland Security yesterday, and that same SOB lied to Dan Bishop. And we need to haul him in front of the Judiciary Committee and excoriate him there, but we should impeach him. And I'm tired of hearing Republicans going, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't believe it's a high crime and misdemeanor. Hold on. It is a high crime and misdemeanor. It is a complete violation of the public trust. He has violated his oath. He has violated his duty to follow the law. He is thereby endangering the American people who are dying from fentanyl because he's refusing to secure the border. That's on him, and he right. should be impeached. 
Well, I, I tell you what, I, I can make a case, I'm not a lawyer, but I can make a case that he's aiding and abetting the cartels. Are you kidding me? By turning a blind eye, by not having the support of, the, of those who answered to him, by, by, by telling everybody in this country that it's secure, knowing that five million came in that we know about uh, in the past two years, I, I think that's impeachable from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to bed. It's Chip Roy, great state of Texas. Let me show you a tweet that you sent out earlier that I retweeted and liked. A known activist federal judge has blocked the use of Title 42 at our southern border. This crucial policy was used 80,000 times last month alone and has been the last line of defense for CBP under Biden's DHS. Congress now can no longer sit on their hands. We need border security now. Chip, what are you talking about? 80,000 people were were forced to stay in Mexico because uh, of the pandemic and because of the health risks that otherwise would have come in in one month? 80,000? Yeah, no, that's right. And that's actually the reality, right? So when you talk about the people who are... Accepted and avoid, and that we uh, you know apprehended the border. It was like two hundred and what forty thousand in October. That means eighty thousand of those are turned away under Title Forty Two because it's literally the only power remaining that is able to be enforced under this administration. Even the Democrats, like Dick Durbin and others, are panicked that if they get rid of Title Forty Two, that they can't even process all the people coming in as they are doing for the remaining group. Right, so the hundred and sixty thousand. They're processing and releasing a lot of them. Right. But the fact is, this judge, Judge Sullivan, uh, issued this order. Now, I'm told, I was on the floor a minute ago, and I saw a, t- uh, a text, so I can't fully confirm this, but I think it was stayed. So I think that the injunction by Sullivan was stayed while the administration's lawyers uh, defend the law and defend the use of Title 42, because even they, as crazy as they are, recognize that if they get rid of Title 42... The, the zone gets completely flooded and you end up getting 17,000 a day, not just 7,000 a day. This judge is insane. The law is fine. But here's the bigger thing, Joe. We can't rely on Title 42 to secure our border. You secure our border with a bill like the one I introduced that requires that you turn away or fully detain for the entirety of an adjudication of some legitimate asylum claim. Otherwise, you're gone, but you will not be released. You completely detain or you turn away. And you don't, that's basically what Title 42 is, but we shouldn't have to rely on a pandemic health code, Title 42, to secure our border partially. Three last things with Chip Roy. Number one, yesterday Chuck Schumer made the dumbest announcement I've ever heard, that we need to give a path to citizenship for the 11 million or whatever the number is, illegal aliens that are here because of the low birth rate in America. My response, of course, was, well, we've killed tens of millions of unborn children since 1973. How many of them could have been in the workforce, Chuck? And, of course, he wouldn't give me an answer even if I asked him to his face. So that's the dumb thing they're going to do now. You're right. I agree. Your bill should go through. Turn everybody away, except for the 10% maybe that really truly have an asylum claim. But there are 11 to 20 million here already, Chip. What do you do with them? I want them gone because they didn't do it right. Look, I believe you have to start with the rule of law and enforcing the rule of law. That has been my position. It's why why I have opposed amnesty from the very beginning. You cannot do that. We saw that in the 86 amnesty under Reagan, which he regretted. They, They lied to him. They told him that they'd uphold the law. They lied. Yeah, and that's exactly what they'll do. We're seeing it right now in real time. They refuse to enforce the law right now as we speak. So why on earth are you going to say, oh, sure, yeah, we're going to go along with you and we're going to uh, grant amnesty to 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 11 million, 15 million, um, and then trust you to actually start securing the border? That's insanity. So you got to secure the border. That is an absolute non-negotiable first step to any conversation. Then you have a conversation about what you're going to do about future flow, and what you do about those that are here illegally. 
look, we had some good conversations about going back to your home country and reapplying, uh, you know, future flow, figuring out guest worker situations so that you can match labor supply with corporate interests. We've got lots of bills to do those things and have those conversations. But under no circumstances should Republicans be talking about amnesty when we have not remotely secured the border of the United States. That is a non-negotiable deal, deal breaker. Second thing, can the House of Representatives now in the hands of Republicans force, by any sort of constitutional move, the administration or the executive to enforce the law? The law was passed legally, legitimately. You don't have to reform immigration. It's already on the books. We can do it the right way in 1986. Why can't we force the executive, or do you have the power now, to to force the executive to do what constitutionally they're supposed to do? Yeah, well, first of all, they should be enforcing the law. The laws on the books require them to actually have operational control of the border, to use the laws to secure it, not to allow asylum and parole to be used as these tiny exceptions to swallow the rule and allow everybody to flood the zone. That's what's happening. Uh, We can actually force them to do the right thing. It's called, uh, you know, this is going to blow your mind, the power of the purse. The founders gave us the powers of the purse. James Madison, Federalist 58, it is the most important power most effective tool you can give to the people's house to check the tyranny of the executive branch. That's my paraphrase of Madison's words. We should use that power of the purse. Under no circumstances should we be writing checks to fund the federal government, the federal bureaucracy, to a homeland security department that refuses to secure the homeland. So we should hold it, and we should just make them blink. And don't talk to me about government shutdowns. We should provide a funding bill out of the house that would do exactly what it's supposed to do with riders that demand that they secure the border like my bill. Uh, and if they won't do it, they don't get the money. Yeah. Hey, Chip, we're frankly out of time. I don't know if you can do this in 10 seconds. Good move, bad move, what, what Abbott did here in Texas, declaring an invasion. Uh, good move from the standpoint of recognizing it's an invasion, but if it doesn't come with the teeth that you actually have the power of the Constitution to use, to go use the power of Texas to turn away, then it's not going to do anything. You can't Call it something and then not act on it. So my, my request would be go act on what you just declared. Always great to talk to you. Great insight, great information. Follow him on Twitter. He's always posting great stuff. It's uh, U.S. Representative Chip Roy. Chip, thanks a million. Appreciate you. Thanks, Joe. You have a blessed Thanksgiving. You and your great family. God right, bless. Buddy, right back at you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What I like about Chip Roy and others in the House of Representatives, they're not just saying things. He really wants to do what he says. And if you if you send an appropriations bill in that takes away the 87,000 IRS agents that nobody wants and nobody needs, um, and the other side says no, then it's on them. It's not on you. And I believe that he'll do that. Keep it here. Much more to come on The Joe Pag Show. This is The Joe Pag Show.